0: In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we are going to talk about the history. It's Halloween. I thought we'd do something kind of scary, but we're going to talk about the history of insane asylum. I'm
1: so scared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just going to talk about how they started, why, and kind of... kind of. I'm going to say a brief history, but, yeah, uh, kind of how they came to be and, and honestly, kind of what happened to them. So, yeah, uh, stick around. Pretty interesting. And, as usual, giving away a bunch of free stuff. Hang around. We will be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan
1: he has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country, and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright.
0: What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast. Welcome, sir. Welcome to you. That is Matt Fox. That's the other voice you hear. Yay. We're here in the Podcast Nation, Southfield Studios. Yeah, we're here. The Palatial Studios. Hi, uh, Amy. As we found out, Amy says hi. Oh, hi, Amy. My sister Amy says hello. Yes. Hi, Amy. Amy, hope you're doing well. Hope you and the family are well. And, uh, yeah, here we are. Um, hanging out, having a having a little beverage. Uh, cocktails. Cheers, Cheers, Matt. Cheers, sir. Happy cheers uh, to Basil Hayden. So you do record Fridays at five, mm-hmm. and this is
1: kind of like the start of the weekend for you and I. It is. yes. So, so that's we just start here?
0: a little bit early. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is after five. So technically. That's
1: five o'clock. Somewhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, you're yeah.
1: in your car listening whenever it might be 10 a.m. in the morning. That's, hey.
0: that, that's true, too. That's, if you're listening to the podcast uh, on the podcast mm-hmm. provider, you could be listening to this anytime. So. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, we are here. And um, let me tell you where where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On there, you'll find all kinds of cool stuff. Here's the big thing. I I, I was just telling Matt before we started, before we went on today, um, I'm already getting inquiries for shows for next spring uh, prom and grad season. Yay! From a lot of high schools. Yep. I just had another inquiry today, so um, if that's something that you might be interested in... Get your request in, because yeah. schedule schedule's filling up. Yep, calendar is filling it's, up. It's already started. So in uh, those grad night, there's only a limited amount of weekends for prom and grad. Correct. So, you know, those fill up pretty quickly. So yeah, if you've ever thought about or you want to have this for your school, if you're a parent in a committee, maybe you're, you're one of the admins at a school that's that's helping with those arrangements, um, yeah, uh, get a hold of me quickly, because those, again, those spots go quit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out on the website. You can find me there. You can, you can send me a message through the website. You can also hit me up on social media. My social media links are Facebook and YouTube, which are both Motor City Hypnotist, and Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, which are all Motor City Hypno. Awesome. So, yeah, you can catch me on any of those. That's H-Y-P-N-O. H-Y-P-N-O. Hypno. That is right. And as usual, as we do every show, we're giving away free stuff, uh, including a free hypnosis guide that's always available. It's a, I don't know, page and a half PDF that kind of explains hypnosis. If you're, you're, if you're the first time here, grab that because it's, it's a good information thing for you. Mm-hmm. Just kind of understand what it is, how it works, why it works, why it might not work. It's all, all kinds of cool stuff on there, and it's totally free. So yeah, you can just click on the link, and it will take you right to that page, and you can download that for yourself. Do it! Awesome. So yeah, Matt, how you been? You've been good.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. the past, you know we uh, we haven't seen each other in a couple Fridays. Mm-hmm. Life goes on. Uh, life it does. moves on. It does. Been okay. Work is kicking my butt, which yeah. is a good thing. It's keeping me yep. sane. You know, work yep. is definitely keeping me on the
0: up and up. Yeah. It's 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 good. Yeah, I'm, um, i My wife was out of town last week, so my son and I kind of hung out for the week. Did, did you party hardy, Marty? Not really. Went to <laughs> went to B Dub's. I mean, that was a, that was the highlight of our week. What did you have for dinner that night? Oh my God! I told you, I had I had the blazing wings. Yeah, the blazing yeah. Carolina Reaper wings. <laughs> and I love hot stuff. And and it wasn't it, it was painful because you know it's hot mm-hmm. and and I like that. Um, but I've never had this experience before and I'll try to, to explain this as gently as I can, but, um, typically it's not an issue for me in the bathroom afterwards. Uh, and, and, and I'm not taught. Talk- again, I want to put this delicately. <laughs> Let's say this, if you've, if you've ever, seen, if the you ever seen the green mile and Tom Hanks issue with urinating. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, what it was like. I, I don't know what, it's never happened to me before, but, um, it felt like fire.
1: I think, yeah, I think it was the cayenne pepper in that. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it, it's
0: Carolina about. Reaper, so it's, it's oh, oh, got to yeah. be, you know. But yeah, it's, it's weird because I've never had that happen before. It's just a very odd thing. Well, at um, least you had a good experience. So I did. With it, the food. And it, it was one time and it was done. So, right. uh, you know, I didn't have to suffer with it. So
1: one time only and one or, one and or, done?
0: Or get healed by John Coffee. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Although that would have been nice right at that moment. <laughs> you got it, boss. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're here. We're hanging out. Uh, might as well talk about a winner now, winner of the week, since that was not a winning thing. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, any sponsors for uh, this oh, week? Oh,
0: let's do that first. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've been off for a week. Matt's got to keep me on track here. I'm
1: doing, like, we're doing what our, I can.
0: Our sponsor is Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. That is my new book that has been out for about two months now. It is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and really, any bookstore um, that you can find—if mm-hmm. um, they don't happen to have it on the shelf, they can definitely order it. Correct. They have availability to order through Ingram Spark. That's the the company that provides books to bookstores. So uh, you can either order on Amazon, or if you want to go to your local bookstore and then help a, uh, promote a local business or support a local business, mm-hmm. just ask them to order it. They can get it for you. Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. A mm-hmm. uh, quick story, and, and I'm, I'm going to out myself on this. So, you know, this this pro, the book process, even after it was written, it, it goes through editing at least three, four rounds. Right. Formatting goes through, and that gets looked at a couple of times. The cover gets, has to get formatted and, and made sure it's correct. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many people have seen this book up to this point. Um. my son comes to me the other day looks at the back cover and he goes oh there's a typo right here in the back cover." oh (laughs) no i i've i've not seen it i've never noticed nobody's brought it up nobody's noticed it and and it's yeah it's a small typo on the back cover in in my in my um in my bio oh bummer yeah not a big deal it's fixable but did they it's spell your last odd. name?
1: Did they spell your last name with an well, R and no, of a W?
0: No, most of the major things are right. It's just in the in the in the um, narrative as far uh, as my okay. bio. There's one word. It it says, um, the one that says he performs stage hypnosis shows. It says staged with a D. Staged oh. hypnosis shows. Oh, so it's like planned. Well, yeah. That sounds. Doesn't <laughs> it sound odd? Yeah, like, it kind of like, does. I'm I'm staging it. To, to yeah like i'm trying to fool somebody but, right but anyway that's off you know that that happens though yeah. i I'm, I'm telling you i've i read i read all the time and i don't think i've ever read a book that didn't have a typo in it and that's and, and a lot of my colleagues who've done books they say you know what it it th- th- that's going to happen it happens to everyone it happens to stephen king it happens to, to huge authors yeah so, yeah. so something's going to get not through. a big deal so anyway Pick up Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. Again, you can get it on Amazon. I'll, I'll leave the link to the Amazon link in the show notes. If you can just click there, it'll take you right to the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick it up. You can get it on um, uh, paperback or on Kindle version. And uh, if you do read it, which I would hope you would, that would help me out, uh, please leave a review. Because the more reviews that are left on Amazon, uh, of course, the more people see it. And then they can know that, hey, I should get this because right. people have reviewed it and they like it. Yeah, that's that's what today's episode is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, him, not a hypnotic guide. Well, the, now we can do a winner. Of the now week. we can do winner of the we week. Can. Yeah, yeah, let's hit it. That's how winning is done. This this is a cool story. Uh, one, I love music. Um and this story is about a guitar, believe it or not.
1: Okay. Does it does it gently uh, I dabble weep? in guitar? Does it
0: gently weep? It may have. I oh, don't know. Okay. So um you know who Randy Bachman is? Yes. Yes. Okay, so back in nineteen seventy six when Canadian rock star Randy Bachman of the Guess Who and Bachman Turner Overdrive. Mm-hmm. BTO. Yep. Discovered his favorite guitar had been stolen from his Toronto hotel room while he was on tour, he cried all night. Oh, he gently weeped. Yep. He 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 I don't think he gently weeped. He definitely weeped though. Yeah. Having done so so let me tell you the story of how he got this guitar. Having done every odd job on the block as a boy to afford the four hundred dollar nineteen fifty seven Gretsch sixty one twenty Chad Atkins model. <laughs> in western orange to be specific yeah yeah it's a 1957 Gretsch 6120 chet atkins model Um, its departure left a hole in his heart that would only be filled 35 years later okay when an internet sleuth managed to track down this distinctive instrument and found it in japan jesus so listen to this Bachman, who used the guitar to write hits like Taking Care of Business and American Woman, told CBC News that he and Neil Young would spend hours drooling over it in the window of a Winnipeg music store. I'm, I'm sure he's talking about when he was a kid and when he got it. Sure. So we're going back to, his, to, to, to him getting this. So I have a paper route where you like make two bucks a week delivering paper, and you mow a lawn for a dollar, and you babysit someone, you get a dollar. You're working at a car wash, and you get 50 cents an hour. This way... This was way, way back, he told CNN. So to save 400 bucks was a big, big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, as a kid. That's a lot of diapers. Then it was stolen after the road manager didn't, didn't use the 12-foot-long tow chain to lock it up, <laughs> as was Bachman's custom. Mm-hmm. And in the aftermath, he would buy hundreds of Gretsch guitars trying to replicate the magic of the one he lost. My goodness. Okay, so fast forward three decades. A fan of Bachman was watching some Guess Who videos on YouTube when he came across one of Bachman and his son explaining the story of the guitar theft. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a fan of solving puzzles, he decided to see if he could locate the missing Gretsch by comparing high-res imagery of the stolen guitar with listings of the same model around the world. Huh. I probably went through maybe 300 Gretsch images, and I got pretty good at it so I could see them and I could know right away that it wasn't the one. William Long is the fan in question, he told CNN. He tracked it down to a Tokyo vintage music store, uh, but looking over their website, found out it had been sold. Comparing footage of a particular Japanese guitarist to that of Bachman playing the song "Looking Out for Number One" on Dutch television, oh my goodness. Long concluded it was the same instrument due to the distinctive pattern in the grain of wood. Oh, jeez! When Long finally got in contact with Bachman and explained the situation, Bachman said it was like being hit in the face with a shovel. Man, my guitar, I was in tears. It's just unbelievable because I've been searching for this forever and basically gave up on it, he recounted. Hmm. So the Japan connection. Coco, Bachman's Japanese daughter-in-law, reached out to Tikishi, mm-hmm. the guitar's then-owner, to explain the situation. So they tracked <laughs> it down to the owner, who owns, owns his guitar now. Wow. So Coco translated a Zoom meeting between the artist and Takishi. Um, and and Takishi assured Bachman he was not a thief. He just bought it mm-hmm. from a store. Yeah, but of course, said Bachman, noting Takeshi had only just been born the night that Gretsch was taken from the hotel room. Right. So he's you know he's right. a younger kid. Takeshi agreed to return the guitar if Bachman could find one just like it. A difficult task, as fewer than forty remain from the fifty-seven <laughs> lot code. I, I don't yeah. know why the guy just said, hey, you, you know, know what? Just give me a new guitar. Right. Here's your guitar. Right. I, I want you to have this. Right. You know, That's what see there. just yeah. replace my guitar so I can have one. Right. Um, fortunately, having been deprived of such a model for so long, Bachman had already amassed a Rolodex of distributors and collectors, into which he dove until he found a guitar which he described as likely made on the same bench. Mm, okay. So he said, "When I f- oh, this is Takeshi the, the the guy who who had the guitar. Mm-hmm. When I first strummed this guitar at the music shop in Tokyo, it spoke to me like no other guitar I've ever played. I knew I felt it was destiny." I immediately impulsively purchased it. Um, I'm so honored and proud to be the one who can finally return the stolen guitar to its owner, the rock star, Mr. Bachman, who has been searching for it for nearly half a century. And Takeshi, that was your destiny to do yep, with that guitar. Absolutely, right? Takeshi, you did the right thing. Because he could have said, no, yeah, it's mine. Yeah. And I feel grateful for this miracle happening in both of our lives. <laughs> Once the country eases COVID restrictions, Bachman's going to travel to Japan to make the swap and have a jam session with Takeshi in a Tokyo club. Huh. Bachman is also considering turning the story into a mini-documentary and will probably write some music about the whole saga in the upcoming album he's preparing with his son under the somewhat expected handle of Bachman and Bachman, Huh. the same name as the YouTube channel they share. Interesting. Yeah, that's the story. Huh. <laughs> so so, so Bachman had... I got to go back to the because the title of it, 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 the whole thing is just how in the world, 1976, right? And and this this Gretsch 6120 Chet Atkins model guitar is gone, and to think it even still exists or is in one piece mm-hmm. is even just just to me. why he,
1: That's why he gave up on it because yeah, it was of 1976. I
0: mean. That it could have been, it could have been destroyed a year later, or just thrown in a garbage heap or something. Right? It, it's it's just that it still exists is a is a miracle in and of itself. And well, that he was this, this guy on the internet. I got to get back to that guy's name. Uh. <laughs> well, it looks like they took care of business. See
1: what I did? There? Yeah, yeah I, I, see, I, I did see what, see did, what you did there. Did you see what they did there? They, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I gotta find the oh the sleuth yeah the sleuth I, William Long all right William Sleuth William Long so William so, long. there are okay. a lot of winners here Takeshi, William Long Randy Bachman uh-huh. and this and this Gretsch guitar Yep winners of the week yeah yeah it's it's a great story you know after you know thirty five years found his long lost guitar It's like that's like
1: you know finding your dog that disappeared five years yeah ago. and just, and they just like and they, wander in and right. find
0: you or you find them right.
1: What was that? Homeward Bound? Is that what that movie was called? I didn't see it, but no, oh, it's the the dog, the cat, and uh, I think it was another dog.
0: Is that the one where they talk? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, awesome. Bachman taking care of business. <laughs> <laughs> That's how winning is done. It's a good story. <laughs> I did know they... Um, I forgot about American Woman also. Yeah, yeah. That was the original. Len- and Lenny Kravitz covered it. Yep. Lenny Kravitz covered it later. Yes, he did. So, back to it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I love the drop. Oh, yeah. So, back to it.
0: There we go. So, you're going to scare the hell out of me? Is that what you're going to do? I-, I don't know if it's scary, but it's very... Be- okay, so-, so let me preface this. It's kind of a Halloween thing, and and I and honestly, I- I've... um. I I like I like Halloween as a holiday. Okay, I think it's fun. I like scary movies. I like you know again my favorite author is Stephen King. So it's, that's kind of you know yeah okay little freaky. But but I think people have always had this fascination with asylums, like insane asylums mm-hmm. as as they used to be called. I mean, if you've seen the movie One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest or any other of these these um historical type movies like to show these asylums Like right Stri-
1: I'm kidding
0: I can be your big toe
1: <laughs> Yeah sorry lighten up
0: go on what do you have a 68 week training program which is perfect for me So an asylum might be perfect for you but maybe not so so but but I wanted to talk about like the history of how, how did these things come about and and how like how accurate are some of these movie portrayals of like Nicholson in, in One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. You know, is is that were asylums like that? I mean, did they do these crazy things
1: to Shutter th- Island?
0: Shutter Island.
1: Mhm. It's another one of those yep. asylum type movies. Yep.
0: Um if you've watched um um uh, American Horror Story, mm-hmm. Asylum was one of one of their seasons. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a lot a lot of TV and movies that that kind of reflect the these kind of um uh, I don't know these crazy or weird or bizarre things that happen in these asylums, but but we're going to talk about it. Okay. So, very early American communities put it this way, and people, I want to I want to preface this and frame this that mental mental illness is not a new thing; it's it existed throughout humanity. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't understood, right? Like it is nowadays. Just like most of our medical big medical issues that that have been in existence for for since humanity started and and we just understand more about it now so in early american communities people who were mentally ill that they they just had to be taken care of by their families Mm -hmm. there there was no there was nobody to see there was no place to go and oftentimes most of the time they would end up in jails because the family couldn't do anything with them um in in early days mental illness was thought to be caused by a moral or spiritual failing of some type Mm. Um, so it was often treated with punishment and shame you know being jailed and and people just got rid of them because they couldn't deal with them so as areas grew and and places got more densely settled and the population grew um, mental illness became one of the number one social issues and and they started making institutions hmm. to, to, to house these people aka asylums. yeah which which eventually became the term asylums mm-hmm. um so so the, the first I, I guess the first uh, documented case of 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 a, of a place was in 1752 really the quakers in philadelphia were the first in america to make an organized effort to care for the mentally ill the newly opened Pennsylvania Hospital in Philadelphia provided rooms in the basement. Now, I, I'm going to go through some of this information, and it's not going to shock you, but it's going to be like, man, how barbaric! What, I yeah. mean, because again, we're talking 1752. I okay, mean, they had basements um, back then. Yeah, they had basements. Okay. Um, com- the, the, they they provided rooms in the basement, complete with shackles attached to the walls. To house a small number of mentally ill patients. I'm assuming they were. Con- <gasps> oh, great, Odin's
1: raven. <laughs> and they were concrete walls
0: or stone brick so. stoned walls. I mean, right? I can't imagine that the, the 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 basements were very uh, uh, nice, right? You know, right? I I I, I you know, <laughs> jeez.
1: How are you going to wipe a table with this little?
0: <laughs> it's not even wet. I was thinking about a wet basement, but uh, yeah, fair that's enough. fine. Yeah. Um, so within a year or two, the press for admissions required additional space and a ward was opened beside the hospital. Eventually a new Pennsylvania hospital for the insane, that was what it was called, mm. opened in a suburb in eighteen fifty-six and remained open under different names until nineteen ninety-eight. Wow. Yeah.
1: The same place from yep, seventeen. Same place from seventeen
0: fifty-two to 1998 wow under different names later
1: but well, can you imagine the uh the history in that building and how much how, how spooky it would have well, been to walk through that place
0: yeah and, and and you know this is a business for a lot of these old buildings that were built as asylums or hospitals mm-hmm. that oh, I, I told you my wife and i a year ago we did a tour of eloise uh, yeah. hospital yeah here in, D, in the detroit area right i think it's technically oh shit is it livonia uh, I know yeah, it's not I, right in Detroit, but Plymouth. I think it's it's I, right at Plymouth Road Plymouth, yep. in, and I think five. Yeah. Five anyway, it's in that yeah. area. Um, but but this is a fascination for a lot of people. They you know they go on these ghost tours mm-hmm. and these tours of these old buildings that used to be hospitals. So um, so let's let's go move on from that to 1773. So it was a little bit later. So
1: 1752 was the first one. Yep. So now 1773,
0: which is you know, I don't know. Twenty, to twenty-one years. Nineteen years. Yeah, yeah. nineteen years. Not 70, 50, 21 I'm not,
1: years. I'm not good with math. Twenty-one years. No, <laughs> no! <laughs> no, don't. Shut I, me it's up. after five on a Friday. <laughs> it <is>. I stop <laughs> mathing at. No, time, yeah, so. I,
0: I, I don't do math at all.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just try to figure it out. Da 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 like this in the background.
0: What the fuck is it with you? <laughs> so in 1773, to deal with mentally disturbed people who were causing problems in the community. The Virginia legislature provided funds to build a small hospital in Williamsburg. Over the years, the hospital grew in size as needs arose, but remained within the historic area of the city until the mid 20th century when a new hospital was built in a suburb. Today it is known as the Eastern State Hospital. Hmm. Uh, 1792, again, another almost, you know, little less than 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Hospital opened a ward for curable insane patients. Curable in quotes. Curable. Curable. In 1808, a freestanding medical facility was built nearby for the humane treatment of the mentally ill. And in 1821, a larger facility called the Bloomingdale Asylum was built in what is now the Upper West Side. In 1894, it was moved further away to the suburb of White Plains and is currently under operation as the Payne Whitney Westchester Hospital. My goodness! So, so a lot of these, a lot of these, these, these asylums were built and, and ended up evolving into hospitals mm. um, as time went on.
1: Uh, your, our friend Alan Benson checked in. Oh,
0: Alan, what's going on? And he Alan says,
1: "Happy Friday, gents! Happy Taco Friday!" Absolutely, actually. it's always Taco Friday. He said, hey, hey, my wife and I watched the Netflix series Ratchet a yes. while back. It was based on Nurse Ratchet character. Yep, it was so off the wall but enjoyable as hell. With a side note, though, I have a question. Do you see a noticeable spike in clients during the winter months? I would think so, but never really got a solid answer.
0: Okay, so so typically, and I, uh, and. Uh, I'll I'll give you a general because I know it not doesn't apply to everyone but it, with with our facility typically there's a spike in the end of September going into this month into October. Mm.
1: Is that because a of the weather reasons changing for or? that?
0: Because summer sometimes people get off track because kids are home from school
1: mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: schedules change um you know, and, and, and once fall starts, people feel like they're back into a typical or normal schedule, per se. And it's also when kids get back to school, and within that first few weeks of September, you start seeing issues mm-hmm. if kids are having issues. Okay. Once they're back in school and parents start seeing issues. So so as far as the under 18, it increases in September, beginning of October. It typically also increases for the parents because now they're dealing with things that they have to you know, address and handle, mm-hmm. which causes conflict in couples, especially if, if the kids are, are having issues that tends to flow over into the relationship with the, with the parents. Wow. So typically yeah. we'll see an uptick in, in the end of September into this month. Then it will kind of die. It will, it will, it will, uh, it will kind of subside during December because everybody gets busy Christmas. Mm hmm. People get overwhelmed; they don't have time, hmm. and then we see another uptick near the end of January. Once December Thanks. and holiday rolls, and the people are back in a normal schedule again, um, so, and then again we have a dip once summer starts because people start doing vacations and changing their schedule. So, so for our office, that's how it rolls. Hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, but probably during the the fall winter season, we do see an increase. Mm. It drops off just for a little bit during the holidays, and then picks back up in January.
1: Okay. So, has anyone ever had to check into one of these places because of that? Yes.
0: Well, not these places. Not those places. Not but. asylums. Okay. But, right. but yeah, uh, and, and oftentimes w- w- with anybody who's done done mental health work or therapy or social work over the years, it's it's. The, the odds are there that you're going to have to admit somebody to the hospital at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a fact because some people need more than out, what we can provide with just outpatient therapy. Right.
1: And it's not always inevitable, but it, no, it is. No, it's not always
0: inevitable, but sometimes people, like people who, who suffer from schizophrenia, or, or severe bipolar disorder mm-hmm. at some point they need more than a weekly session with a therapist to address that they need right. medication intervention they need to, and honestly a lot of times they will need to be hospitalized because they don't have 24hour supervision or care right. And oftentimes, these people will have hallucinations, uh, delusions, uh, might be suicidal. So, so they they need more than what an outpatient session can, a, a, once a week is. And it could be their
1: their meds just need to be yep. adjusted. Or, and or evaluated. a lot of times,
0: people have never been on meds; they've never addressed it. Ah. So, so just to, we'll stay on that tangent just for a moment. So, typically, as far as like severe mental illness such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, they typically manifest in the mid to late 20s mm. that's generalized it can it can be sooner it can be later that's the majority of people exhibit symptoms of that in the in their mid to late 20s
1: could that be like the uh, a catalyst or, or start of that for it could be postpartum that could have made them start to go it, down that aisle It, it or?
0: could there there could be a precipitating factor to it a lot of times it is genetic mm. a lot of people who have history of of these these mental illnesses in family mm-hmm. um are more likely to have these okay they've done studies that if you have people in your family who are who have been diagnosed and are schizophrenic that you're more likely okay to have that as opposed to somebody who doesn't have it in their family okay okay so thanks for that yeah absolutely and thank you for the question yeah alan. thanks alan oh alan and by the way uh, the, the fuck <laughs> are you doing he's having tacos yes he's having tacos uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, we talked about 1792, the New York Hospital Mm -hmm. uh, in 1817. So you see, we're 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 not progressing very quickly here through the through the history. In Philadelphia, the Asylum for the Relief of Persons Deprived. Oh boy, I got to read this whole thing. I I haven't even finished half of the title. Oh my goodness! This is what 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 the this it was called this, the Asylum for the Relief of Persons Deprived of the Use of Their Reason.
1: Can you say that three times fast? (laughs) No, I
0: can't. (laughs) I don't know what I was... What in blazes are you talking about? I I don't know. I'm just just reading it. The Asylum for the Relief of Persons Deprived of the Use of Their Reason was opened under Quaker auspices as a private mental hospital. It continues to serve this function to this day as the Friends Hospital, and that's in Philadelphia. Wow. In 1824, the Eastern Lunatic Asylum.
1: Okay. First time
0: we've had a lunatic in, in the title of an right, asylum. Right, right. The Eastern Lunatic Asylum was opened in Lexington, Kentucky, as the first mental institution west of the Appalachian Mountains. It still operates today under the name Eastern State Hospital. Hmm. So that was 1824. So we're looking at, you know, not even 100 years yet. Um. By 1890, every state had built one or more publicly supported mental hospitals, which all expanded in size as the country's population increased. Mm. Makes sense. As your population increases, you're going to have more sick people, whatever it is, whether it's physical or mental illness. By the mid 20th century, the hospitals housed over 500,000 patients, but began to diminish in size as new methods of treatment became available. We're going to talk about that, right? We are. We're, okay. we're we're going to see where where things where where the the uh, kind of switched routes or okay. switched gears. Um, so let's go ahead to 1907. Indiana is the first of more than 30 states to enact a compulsory sterilization law, hmm. allowing the state to prevent procreation of confirmed criminals, idiots, imbeciles, and rapists. <laughs> that that's the law from 1907. <laughs> Okay. Wow. <laughs> by 1940, 18,552 mentally ill people are surgically sterilized. 18,552.
1: Were surgically sterilized.
0: sterilized. Yep. By 1940. Wow. From 1907 to 1940.
1: That's wild.
0: I know. That's, that's I'm telling you these things will blow your mind. And and, and when you see these movies, it's harkening back to these days when right. what in the, what are we, what 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 were were you you thinking i know boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast um in 19 it gets better oh it does worse in in many ways in 1936 dr walter freeman and his colleagues james watt performed the first prefrontal prefrontal lobotomy
1: in front of an entire, like he was at the bottom of that <laughs> staircase and people were watching from above, right?
0: I, I, it's hard to say. I don't know. They performed their first prefrontal lobotomy. By the late 1950s, an estimated 50,000 lobotomies are performed in the United States.
1: And that's done through the eyeball? It's, thing?
0: it's, it, I'll, I'll get into what it is because okay. we're going to talk about that. All right. Um, so, so I, I got a ton of information, and I want to get that all for you. So, so we're going we're gonna to continue. We're going to talk about next episode, uh, the history of asylums, part two. And I'm going to go through some, some things like lobotomies mm-hmm. that, that these places used to do. That, that when I tell you these things, you're going to be like, what in the world?
1: But it was 1936. This was is when 1936. The, when the first frontal lobotomy yes. was performed.
0: 1936, the first lobotomy was performed. Wow. All all of them done was after 1936.
1: All right, here we go. Part two. We'll be back,
0: folks. (laughs) Stick around for your Halloween treats.
1: Those on Facebook Live stick (laughs) with us. (laughs) Yeah, Facebook Live
0: people stick with us. Those on listening to the podcast either jump ahead and join us on the next one or wait till the next Tuesday, Thursday for that episode to drop. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time.